All right, well, Merry Christmas one more time. Can I hear you all say Merry Christmas? Merry Christmas! Come on, yes, I love it. Well, for about the next half an hour, Pastor Amrith and I, who is also my wife and the mother to my future child and current child, uh, <laughs> we're, gonna be, we're gonna be just co-sharing a message that I believe will encourage you. And honestly, this, this service here with all of you here is like a dream come true. You might not realize this, but we're a brand new church right here in a comedy club. No joke. And uh, this is our first full year, 2018. And so we just think it's so amazing that we're all here celebrating Christmas together. So thank you, thank you so much for showing up. Yes, and we were thinking about you. We were thinking about your family at Christmas. And man, Christmas is all about Jesus, like we're about to preach. But also, Santa is in the house, my friends. Can I just get a whoop whoop for Santa? He's here. And um, so I just want to give you a little bit of instruction on how this is going to work real quick, okay? So after service, you are going to get a chance to get a picture with Santa. There's another special visitor back there as well uh, that I'm personally super excited about. So there's a little ticket on your seat and it has a candy cane printed on it, okay? That is your ticket to get to the Santa photo booth, okay? So after service today, when we're all done with everything, you'll take that ticket, you'll head back out the doors that you came in this morning and get in line for your picture with Santa. Okay, does that sound good? It's going to be really fun to get that photo. I wonder who the special guest in there is. I hear he likes warm hugs. We'll find out. We'll find out. Okay, well, we're going to open up to the scriptures as we talk about the Christmas story, and we're going to be reading out of Matthew, and I'm going to start right now. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and so in this story, we have these people that are called magi, or you may have heard wise men or kings, and they are people who are educated, able to study the stars, and they find a star that says it will guide them to the king of the world, the king of the Jews, Jesus Christ, who would be born in a manger. And they go on a search through the darkness to find this baby king, and they end up in a stable. And I wonder if they did not expect that, to find royalty, and then they ended up in a messy, stinky, smelly barn. And sometimes when we're searching for something, it doesn't quite meet our expectations, especially during this Christmas time. We expect Christmas to be filled with fires and, and warm drinks and uh, side hugs and mistletoes. And sometimes our Christmas expectations aren't met. Can I get a good amen? It can be messy. It can be family drama. And uh, I've experienced that in my Christmas reality where expectations I had were just not met, especially when it had to come with Christmas gifts early on in our marriage. You know, you might think there's a lot of love in our marriage, and there is, but when we first began to understand our Christmas traditions, we both had expectations on how we would respond 
when giving and receiving Christmas gifts. Uh, a couple of Christmases ago, I wanted to spoil my wife here. You know, she works hard. She's beautiful. Amen. She's pregnant. She, she gets it done. It's amazing. And, uh, and uh, I wanted to help her relax. You know, I wanted to help her kind of just uh, be refilled and have her tank, her emotional tank filled. And I thought the best way to be doing that was by providing her a bath experience. Where are my bath people? Draw a nice warm bath, get some salts, maybe some candles, maybe some essential oils. I don't know. And uh, so I bought her these bath salts that smelt like milk and honey. For you, honey. And uh, <laughs> she got these things, and I'm telling you what, she, to this very day, has not even used that gift even one time, and it's been one of the greatest Christmas disappointments of my entire life. Okay, can I defend myself now? No! Okay. It is true. It is true. I have not used these bath salts, but listen, people, I am one of those people that doesn't want to sit in warm water in my own filth. Anybody else with me? Like, you're not bath people. You're shower people, okay? We take showers. At least rinse off before we take the bath. And then, not only are you sitting in your own filth, um, but then the water just gets cold really fast. I'm just not a bath person. So, my so the expectation was not met. I, um, if anybody wants some bath salts, let me know. They're like, like if you need to relax. Because for me, it's not relaxing. I'm just kind of stressed out, okay? So it stresses me out to sit in my own dirt. Uh, and so while, while he was trying to help me relax... I just was not able to, like, wrap myself, my body around bath salts in a dirty bath. But I also have a very similar situation where gift-giving didn't go so well in this relationship. Um, we weren't even quite married yet, and I decided Pretty was about to start a new job with a new office. And so I am being, like, this girlfriend who's thinking, oh, my gosh, I am going to make sure that he decorates his office really wonderfully. So I go to Ikea and I see this giant map, world map that like takes up the entire wall of an office. And I'm like, that's awesome. This is such a great gift for my husband, or not almost future husband. I'm trying to get him to fall in love with me all over again. And so Anyway, so I go and I buy this map, and this is no joke. This map does not fit in my car. So it has to hang out like the back of my car because it's so massive because I'm a massive gift giver in this moment. And I give it to him. It's wrapped up. He gets there. He opens it, and he goes, well, what is it? And I'm like, well, keep looking. And he's like, oh, is it a map? And I'm like, yes, it's a map of the world. Do you see the little picture? And he's like... Huh, thanks. And I'm dying. I'm like, can you at least pretend to like this gift? Like, have you ever been there? You're just like, please just pretend. Fake it. If you got to fake it, just fake it. Because I was so excited about this gift, and uh, it just was not resonating like I hoped well, it Well, here's the context, though, because I was about to start a new job that was in a different time zone. And so I'm packing up all my belongings. They're in boxes. I have one small vehicle, and she says, honey, here's a 50-foot map, okay? Pack that up in your suitcase. I'm like, what is this? Yeah, I'm not pumped. I'm trying to pack up my belongings, and now I have a 50-foot, literally, by 50-foot map 
I'm not exaggerating at all that IKEA provides. Don't you want this map? It's awesome. <laughs> I'm, it's to, awesome. I'm like thinking, how am I going to travel with this? I have like a small 1982 Dodge Ram Prospector truck. I only have two seats. This is going to be crazy. And so, uh, well, we are happily married now, right, honey? Yes. And the map is in our kitchen and taking yes. up our wall. Can we give it up for the map? Yes. Let me just hear you. And so awesome map. I actually... Map used her gift as a kind, handsome husband, okay? And so, how many of you guys think she should start using the bath salts? Uh, I'm pregnant, better watch out. How many of you think she should give it away to someone in this room? Okay. (laughs) Well, Well, listen, this is what we're talking about today is really, we look at Christmas, we look at gifts, we look at each other sometimes with great expectation. And at the end of the day, our reality doesn't always match up with our expectation. Amen. And so I, I think that what happens is when we have an expectation of something in our lives and it doesn't go the way that we thought, it really builds discontentment in our hearts. And maybe you're somebody who says, you know, 2018 for me was, I was just discontent. I was, I was restless. I could not figure it out because nothing in my life went the way that I thought that it would this year. And what that really builds is frustration inside of us. And I want you to look at this quote. Frustration is the gap between expectations and the reality that we're facing, right? And uh, so I brought my little uh, stocking here this morning. It says Amritha on it. Isn't this a cute stocking? I got this as a gift a few years ago. And um, so in our family, um, we have these up on our little uh, fireplace wall. So honey, I'm going to need you to hold this. And um, I put some things in our stocking. What we expect in our stocking, what we expect in our lives doesn't always go the way that we thought. And I'm not just talking about gift giving this morning. I'm talking about a few other things that are true realities in our life. So let me pull one of these out here. I wonder if... Um, I wonder if maybe uh, today you are struggling in your marriage. Maybe you thought marriage is going to solve my problems. I'm finally not going to be alone. I'm finally going to have that person in my life that is going to fulfill me and what I need. And at the end of the day, you're two and five and six months or five years into marriage. And marriage has not been what it's cracked up to be. Marriage has not been as happy as you thought. Maybe even you've experienced betrayal from your spouse. And, and, and this is what happens. Frustration is happening in that gap between our expectation and our reality. Or how about this? I, I wonder if some of you are sitting this morning and you're saying, I never thought in a million years I'd be facing the diagnosis that I'm facing today. My children have been diagnosed with something I never thought would be a part of our family. Our expectation was that that I would be healthy, that I would get to do these things and live my dreams, but here I am, my money, my resources, everything in my world right now is, is just all about the diagnosis that we're facing. Your expectation didn't happen. Or what about this money? You know, you thought that if you could climb to the top of the ladder, if we can keep getting more money, I'm going to tell you a story here in just a minute of how this happened to me. And, and it just did not 
work out the way that I thought. I thought I would get to the top and I thought that I would make money, I could pay all my bills and I would finally be happy and the stress of my finances would be over and you realize actually I'm stuck in the same unhappiness that I was stuck in before. This, this didn't this didn't fulfill my expectation. And the last one here I put is moving because as I think about our city, as I think about where we are, I think about Pastor Pradeepan and I two years ago, we moved here to Bellevue, Washington. And, and, and I wonder if some of you moved to America or moved to the state of Washington, moved to this city, and, and you thought things were going to be better. And really what you have found is loneliness and heartbreak and you're missing your family and you're missing home and man the the expectation did not live up to the reality that you're experiencing and so we just want to paint this picture for you because we've all been there christmas is messy our lives are messy and and if you've been thinking things like i thought things were going to be different i did not expect to be here and you're experiencing frustration this morning, I want you to know that, that we believe that God has something for you. Amen. You know, during this Christmas season, like we've been saying, we don't want to just celebrate it, but we want to experience it. And as we look at the story that we started off, the Magi, those wandering in the dark looking for Jesus, in that message, in this Christmas story, I believe that we can find hope, we can find light in the darkness, and so kind of a layout of encouragement that we're going to share from the scriptures is, what do you do when you follow a star and you uh, find a stable and then you face a savior? What, what do you do in those situations? And so the first thing I want to share is about following stars. So we see that these magi were asking, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. So these, these men are wandering in the dark. They're educated. They're wealthy. They have influence. They're able to meet with the king, but they're still searching like many of us are. We've been educated. We've experienced money. We thought everything was supposed to be perfect, but we still find ourselves searching, wandering, still have questions, still have doubts. We still don't feel like our life is in order. And we're just like looking for glimmers of guidance, looking for glimmers of hope. You know, I, I, I used to play with laser pointers and used to freak out cats with them. Has anybody ever done that? When you, you take these little lasers, you, you, you shine them on a wall or on the floor and you can get cats to chase them. Amen? Yeah. Amen. And uh, if, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, do you need to see a video? Okay, let's, let's play a video. So that, that cat does not know what's going on. Oh, another video. So this, these cats, where are my cat people at, first of all? Where are my not cat people at? Okay. <laughs> so they, these cats, they, they see a light, but they're like kind of just frantically searching for it, spinning in circles. And I think many of us, when we're dealing with these 
expectation frustrations in our life, we're just kind of like looking for direction. We're chasing this light, and we're like chasing our tails, spinning in circles. If I get a little bit more money, if I get a little bit more like romantic fulfillment, if I get a little bit more famous, then I will finally be happy. But we find we just don't have answers, and here we are again, wandering in the dark. And maybe we're in a season like that where we're just following a star. God, what is my purpose? God, why am I on earth? Is there even a reason for me to live? And we're just wandering. And, and to be honest, I'm a, I'm a pastor. Uh, I've been in ministry for, you know, decades now, preaching messages of hope. I've had a relationship with Jesus. I have a community around me. But I'm going to be honest, I, even as a pastor, I am in this season of darkness where I feel like I'm just wandering and looking for hope. You know, uh, about uh, half a year ago in the summer, our, our son, he's, uh, he's about to turn three in February. He he received a diagnosis of developmental delay, and we're not ready to share all those details. But we, we saw our son, when he turned two years old, he, he started to lose his language. Now our, our son basically speaks one word, but uh, last year he, he was up to like 40, 50 words. We were able to interact with him and uh, have a reciprocal relationship, but now it's like he's entered into his own world, and he's lost his language. And He's lost an ability to throw a ball back and forth. And we went to doctors, and they said, hey, we don't, we don't know what the future holds for your son. We don't, we don't know if he'll be able to speak ever. We don't know if he'll be able to have normal relationships ever. And that, even as a pastor, put me into a world of darkness and uh, a world of hopelessness where I'm just like with my wife just looking for direction, looking for an anchor, and even to get him into therapy, it feels like we have to make phone calls, mostly my wife, like 30 hours of a week. Will you please help my son? Will you allow him into therapy? Sorry, it's, it's full. Sorry, we don't have room. Sorry, we don't offer support for him yet. He's not old enough. And it's just been like we're that, that cat. Just give us direction, God. Give us some guidance. We're, we're looking for a star. Would you give us some hope and I just want to say during this Christmas time in a church experience, sometimes we feel like to be in church, we have to have all the answers. We have to know everything that's going on. But uh, Christmas is a time that sometimes we're, we're just wandering in darkness. And today, even as a pastor, as someone who's experiencing the same, I just want to say your wandering and your search and your questions, they're okay. The fact that you have some doubts and you're like wondering, God, what are you doing? God, where are you? And you have these questions that are bothering you. Like, God, why don't you come? Why don't you show up? God, why don't you speak to me? I want to be honest. As a pastor, I have those same things. And there's a Christmas song that says, Come, all ye faithful. But I believe that the true Christmas story is this. Come, all ye faithless. Come, all ye who have doubts. Come all ye who are wandering in darkness, because Jesus is our light, and he will provide guidance for us, and he's been an anchor and a hope for me, and I don't need to know God's 
full plan to believe that he has a purpose for me and he has a purpose for my son. And I, I feel like we're hitting dead ends time and time again where we don't know what to do. We're walking in the darkness. We're like these, these magi, these wise men looking for a star, hitting dead ends, searching, searching, searching. But I want to speak hope into every single person here. And it's this, that when you're hitting a dead end, a dead end is the perfect place for a new beginning. And I believe today can be our new beginning together. Even for me, as I search, as I hope, as I pray, I'm praying, God, I'm hitting dead ends. Would you be a new beginning in our family? Would you be the light in our darkness? My God. Yes, amen. So powerful. Well, as we look into the scripture in verse 9, here's where we're at with the Magi. Verse 9 says this, after they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Do you all know the place where the child was? This child was in a stable, a stinky, smelly, gross stable with animals all around. This was not the ideal situation. This was not the expectation the Magi thought that they were going to come upon. And listen, you're not going to believe this because of my, um, like, serious, like, inner city vibe right now. But I grew up in the country, okay? I grew up in the country, and we had cows and chickens and a few other animals animals and pets and things like that. And I'm going to tell you right now, one time when I was a little girl, I was watching TV in the living room and I look outside and there's a cow right outside of our living room window. And uh, I realized that the cows got out. This doesn't just happen on TV, people. This is real life for us country girls. Okay. So the cows got out and I had to call my dad and my dad was like, well, you got to put it back in. So this four foot 10 brown girl was out there herding the cows back back into the barn, okay? This is not a, this is a messy situation that the Magi came upon. And I believe this, I want you to hear this, as Pradeep and Khanna just said already, finding Jesus, our journey to God, our journey to a Savior can be messy. It can be messy. It doesn't always look perfect. And uh, I think that what happens, some of us are wondering about a life with God. Some of us are wondering, who is this Jesus? Last week, we had a friend at, at our son's school say, I don't know anything about Christmas. Will you tell me about it? And, and, and what we realize is that a journey to God, a journey to Jesus, starts with some curiosity, but it's not like this, this perfectly laid out road for all of us to get to, right? And so it can be a messy, messy journey. And I think culturally in our society, we struggle. Because when we begin to ask questions about God or we begin to wonder who this Jesus is, we get afraid. We're faced with our own guilt, we're faced with our own shame. We're worried to step into church because we're afraid that all the perfect people are going to judge us. 
You know, we got some things and some barriers that stop us. But can we just say it here at this church? It's messy for all of us. A road to Jesus, a road to faith, a road to understanding the revelation of Jesus Christ. And this baby in a manger, it, it's messy. And can, can we just free you this morning? We know it's messy. And it is okay. You know, I read this quote this week. And it said this, when we sanitize the Christmas story... We make it more palatable, but less powerful. Christmas is proof that God isn't afraid of messy situations. Let me just say this again. Whatever situation you're in, I don't want this Christmas to go by for you again. Another year where you just see Christmas, but you don't have Christmas in your life and in your heart because it's messy. And you say, I've been through some stuff. This Christmas, this perfect Christmas package doesn't fit with my darkness right now. But let me tell you what, Jesus is all about the mess. He's all about the mess and he loves you this morning. Jesus isn't afraid. And there was a time in my life where actually about 10 years ago, I met Pastor Pradeepin in Colorado Springs. I didn't know him. I'd never met him before in my life. And I was in the messiest season of my life. I had moved to Colorado. Let me just tell you a little bit about my story. I was born in the country of India. I was uh, abandoned and left at the doorstep of a missionary woman that was living in India. She took me in uh, on a day that she wasn't even supposed to be there. She took me in. This was a messy situation. Uh, she had never met me before. She didn't know anything about what was going on in my life or my circumstance. She took me in. I was eventually adopted internationally. I grew up on as a farm girl in Kansas uh, with parents who loved Jesus. That All of that was quite the process, okay? And uh, I tell you what, as I was, um, as I was in Colorado, I was just, I decided to go to fulfill my dream job, which was to work in adoption because I had been adopted. So I went to work for the same organization that I had been adopted through. Long story short, I was so pumped. I was going to change the world. I was going to help orphans like me. I show up in Colorado. I show up at this new job. I'm ready to give it my all. I'm making more money than I have ever in my twenties. And I hated it. I got, I don't know, there was just some stuff that was going on in my life. My expectation was not fulfilled. My reality was miserable. It just was not working out. In the midst of this, I met this handsome fellow. Uh, and we started just becoming friends and hanging out a little bit. And, uh, but here's what I want to tell you. I thought that job was going to fulfill me. I thought that this was it. I thought that I had made it to the top early as a young 20-year-old. But you know what? I was such a mess. And like Pradeepin said, sometimes when we're searching for a star, we find a stable. Those two years in Colorado were a stable for me. They were hard. They were a hard two years. And here's what I want to say to you this morning. In your mess, there is a Messiah. In your mess, there is a Messiah. Do not let the things in your life, the disappointment, the anger, the frustration that you have, do not let that keep you from a Messiah because Jesus loves you this morning. We must allow our mess to meet his message. 
And you know what his message is this morning? Is that he loves you and he cares about you. And whether you know Jesus or not, he knows you. And he's pursuing you and he loves you and cares about you so much. So don't let your mess keep you from your Messiah. Can I get a good amen? Amen. Amen. So these magi, they follow a star. They're wandering through the darkness, and then they find a stable, a messy stable in Kansas or in the Middle East. <laughs> but then they ended up facing the Savior of the world. The scripture picks up. It says, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So they, they follow the star. The star stops over where Jesus is. They, they meet this baby, and their first response is, we are so pumped up. We're overjoyed. We're rejoicing. And they bow down and worship this baby, Jesus. They open up gifts, kind of strange gifts for a baby. They give the, the baby some gold, which is awesome, as uh, we have our, our baby coming in March. If you want to give us the gift of gold, Thank we'll you. take it. We'll take it. We will take it. God bless you. Thank you. And uh, uh, they give this baby the gift of frankincense. All right, we're getting a little weirder. Okay, I don't, we don't really want that. Stick with the gold if you're thinking about gifts for us. Uh, and then they give the baby the gift of myrrh, which is really, really weird. And, but as we understand the historical context and what these gifts represent, they're not that weird, actually. So these magi, they're educated, they're, they're wealthy, they have these gifts, and they say, wow, here is the king of the world, the Messiah, the Savior, the one we can find hope in. We need to give him the gift of gold because he is the king of kings. And kings deserve gold, so we will give this baby gold. And we're going to give him the gift of frankincense. Frankincense is a gift you give priests Someone who is willing to advocate on behalf of your mistakes and sins. Someone who says, hey, don't, 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 don't let death touch this person. I will stand in the gap for them. And we realize Jesus is one who fights on our behalf, amen. He says, hey, hey, no matter your worst, give me your worst, I will give you my best. And then, so that, that is a gift appropriate for this baby. And then the gift of myrrh is super weird. It's what you use to embalm bodies. It's a gift for burying dead people. But we realize that Jesus, who lived a perfect life, would die a criminal's death on the cross, crucified, and he would become the sacrifice for the world. For those of us who are experiencing death, Jesus would say, hey, put your death on me. I will be the sacrifice. I will absorb the death and the pain and the sickness of the world on the cross so that you can experience life and life abundantly. And so they face the Savior, and where uh, the gifts they had, they said, we will let go of uh, fame, of wealth, of gold, of frankincense, of myrrh. We'll, we'll, we're willing to get rid of these lesser pleasures for the greater joy of finding Jesus. And many of us, we have thought that the hole in our hearts would be filled if we got the dream job, like Pastor Amitha said. We thought that the holes in our hearts would be filled if we found the dream relationship. Or we thought if we're just rich enough that the, these gaps, this emptiness in our heart would finally be satisfied. But many of us, we've, we've reached it. We've, we've experienced dreams come true, but there's still this emptiness inside of us. We lack purpose. We lack hope. We lack guidance. And 
That's because I believe inside of us, each of us is a God-shaped hole, a place inside of our hearts that only God can fill. There's a God-shaped gap in our hearts, and we try to fill it with money or fame or entertainment, but it, it doesn't work because that hole is designed for God to fill it, for God to be the sole satisfaction we all long for the one to guide us in that, that darkness. And our, our prayer today is that you would experience satisfaction in Jesus Christ. That you would say, hey, none of these things are working. I've tried them, so I might as well try Jesus, surrender my life to Jesus, because there's some people here saying that he will satisfy the depths of my soul. You know, as a, as a, a young man, I, I was going through so much depression and so many suicidal thoughts and I, I had no reason to live in my life. And it was so strange because my, my family grew up in an island called Sri Lanka and they were practicing Hindus. They immigrated to America. They went from a tropical island paradise to Minnesota in the wintertime. And that was quite an adjustment. And they went to a new world with new languages, new jobs, new education. And they were able to fight to live the American dream for me so that I could have a future. But the fact is, as our family got richer and we were able to live the American dream as we got jobs and car and a house, during the height of that, our family was experiencing some of the darkest times in our life. There was divorce and sadness. And for me as a young man, a young teenager, I should have been happy with the American dream, but it was during that time I experienced the most sadness, and I wanted to end my life. But then I, I went to a church experience like this, and I, I heard about Jesus who could fill this hole in my heart, and I, I decided I'm going to surrender my life to Jesus. And I want to let you know that's the best decision I've ever made in my life, and I found soul satisfaction. And my prayer today is that you would experience that today. You know, the Christmas story, we talk about how God is with us how God sent Jesus to this earth, that Emmanuel, this time we say, God became flesh, God became human. He dwelt among us and he lived a perfect life and he suffered a criminal's death and he replaced us. He, he replaced our death for his life. And uh, why, why did Jesus do this? Why did he come to earth? And I think he can be summed up in this Bible verse. One of the most famous verses in the Bible is in John three sixteen. The scripture says this about why did God come to earth? It's here, right here. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Many of us, we don't, we don't know what eternity has for us. All we know is that there's emptiness in our lives. And my, my belief is that as you believe in Jesus, as you say, Jesus, I will give you my worst. Will you give me your best? As you say, Jesus, guide my life, I'll surrender to you. I believe that he will fill you with life and life abundantly so that you don't have to be consumed by death anymore like I was. Why do we celebrate Christmas? Why did baby Jesus come to earth? For God so loved the world. He didn't just love the world. The scripture says he so loved the world. And today we want to communicate that to you. God loves you. God loves you. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And he doesn't just love you. He's, he so loves you. 
He has a plan and a purpose for your life. And all he asks is that we would believe in him, that we would surrender our lives to him. And I, I want to give all of us an opportunity today to surrender our lives to Jesus, to say, Jesus, lead me. Jesus, take my death. Give me your life. Give me hope. Fill this hole in my heart. And so in just a moment, I'm going to have us bow our heads and close our eyes. But if you're like, Pastor Pradeepan, would you pray for me? I need that life. I need Jesus. If you're saying, Pastor Pradeepan, I need a fresh start. I need hope. I want to just experience Christmas, not just celebrate. I want you to raise your hand when I count to three, and I'm going to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. All I'm going to do is pray for you. And I believe that making the decision to surrender your life to Jesus is the best decision you could ever make. And my prayer is that you would do exactly that. Because when I gave my life to Jesus, I went from this depression, these suicidal thoughts, to finding soul satisfaction, believing I had hope and purpose and life and a reason to live. And I believe that you can experience that no matter what season you're in, whether it's in following a star, finding a stable, or in this moment, facing a savior. So let's bow our heads right now and close our eyes. Make this a private moment because I believe many of us are going to experience new hope. We're going to experience life if we would just believe in Jesus and surrender our life to the one who can give us hope. So if that's you in this place and you're saying, Pastor Pradeepan, will you pray for me? I need that fresh start. I need forgiveness. I need hope. I need light in my darkness. On the count of three, would you lift up your hands so I could pray for you? If you're saying, Pastor Pradeepan, pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus. On the count of three, would you lift up your hand and I'll pray for you. One, two, three. Just boldly lift up your hand. Boldly lift it so I can see it. I see your hand. Amen. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Amen. There's still time. If you're saying, Pastor Pradeepan, pray for me. I'm sick of walking in the darkness. I need a fresh light. I need fresh life. I need hope. Just put your hand briefly so I can see it and then put it right back down. I'm not going to embarrass you or anything like that. I see your hand. I see your hand. That's awesome. Well, I'm going to guide us all in a prayer. And let's pray this all at the same time. It's just a declaration of saying, Jesus, forgive me, help me, guide me. I surrender to you. So the word's going to be on the screen. Let's pray this all at the same time. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Take control of my life. I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen. Can we give Jesus a round of applause?